Well, hello, everyone. This is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com. And we have a great call for you this week, another seven days of helping you burn fat and get lean. Well, I just got back from a great trip down to L.A. last weekend. Uh, there was a bunch of fitness experts there, including Isabel de los Rios from Diet Solution Program and Vince Del Monte from No Nonsense Muscle Building, Joel Marion from uh, a bunch of programs. He has a, a really great blog at BodyTransformationInsider.com. Uh, my friend John Romanello, who we call Roman, and then Mike Geary from The Truth About Abs. And there was there was a few others, and we were a lot of us, uh, at least those people listed there, were lucky enough to ret- uh, to attend a Richard Branson charity event for his Virgin Unite uh, program, and we raised some money in. And also his mom, his feisty mom, has a charity. I'm going to talk about her in a couple minutes. She really stole the show. And then on the Saturday of the weekend, we went to the house of Bill Phillips, the author of Body for Life. So that's the second New York Times bestseller I've been hang- able to hang around with in the last couple of months. So last month in Arizona, I was down with Tim Ferriss, and then this month I was with Bill Phillips at his house. So quite an interesting bit of travel. And we've got some good quotes from Bill later on in our transformation section that we're going to talk about. And if you haven't already, I do have an interview with Bill on ttfatloss.com. So just go and search Bill Phillips, and that hour-long interview should come up. And he was gracious enough to be interviewed there, and he was a really, really great host at his house. He's a really funny guy. Um, according to people that know him, uh, a little more mellow than when he was running his businesses. But I, I had a great time, and I was really, really surprised by how funny he was. He was really uh, uh, very witty. Um, but anyways, this weekend I have one more travel journey to go and finish off before the end of the year, and then I don't think I'm going to see an airport for almost two months. And so I'm going to be heading down to see Holly Rigsby in Kentucky, see her and her husband Pat and their their two boys, Tyler and their new kiddo, Alex, brand new little baby boy. And then uh, that's just a day trip, and then I'm heading to Boston on Friday to see a person who... Um, can help me with my website, and then I'm staying at the home of old clients who used to live in Toronto. I used to train them, and then they moved down there. And then on Friday, or sorry, Saturday, I'm going to take the train into New York City, hang out with John Romanello, and then he's taking me to a New York Jets game on Sunday. So I've been to the Super Bowl, which is, sounds weird, but other than that, I've never been to a real NFL game, and the Super Bowl is not a real NFL game because there's not the regular tailgating and that sort of stuff. So it should be Quite entertaining to go to the Jets game on Sunday. It should be a blast. And I will definitely bring back some workout tips and a whole bunch of stuff from hanging around Romanello down there. All right. Let's move into our fat loss tips and workout tips for the week, starting with Monday, November 22nd, and the transmission tip of the week. This is a quote from Bill. Now, there's one thing I want to mention about Bill is he has this website called transformation.com. And if you go on that website, you can find an area where they will send text messages to you on, I wouldn't say a daily basis, but I would say three or four times per week, Bill will send out a quote, just an encouragement, um, a reminder for you to stay on track. And one of the ones that he sent out this week was this, there are only two options regarding commitment, you're either in or you're out. There's no such thing as 90% committed, it's 100% or not at all. And that's a really good mindset for you to take in to your transformation. If you're going to do a 12-week contest, do it 100%. And remember, it's only 0.3% of your life. It's a very, very small amount. It's not even 1% of your life. So if you ever had a cast on your arm, you know how quickly 
that goes by, like, you know, looking back to when you were 12 years old, if you had a cast for six weeks, that's just a blink in the eye of your lifetime. And 12 weeks is pretty much the same thing, and you can really make dramatic improvements in your life in just 12 weeks. So please be committed. Now, on the other hand, the 100% commitment has a bit of a downfall because here's another great quote from Bill. He was talking about the desserts that were in his house on Saturday, and and someone asked, well, what's going to happen if we don't eat those all? Because there was a lot of desserts, and there was a lot of people there, but there was still probably three times as many desserts as they needed. And Bill said, if it's in the house, I'll eat it. And I'm the same way, so we're pretty much 100% committed to eating the junk food if it's in our house, as is most, as are most people. And so we got to get that stuff out of the house as much as possible. You know, if there's goodies, I'm going to find them and I'm going to eat them, even though some of the research we're going to talk about later in the call suggests that if you put goodies in a hard-to-find place or even if you put them in containers that you can't see them, you'll eat fewer of them. But still, I know me personally, I'm going to track that junk down and I'm going to eat it all of it. So I keep that stuff out of the house and go out when I want to enjoy some rewards. All right, let's move into our workout tips. I want to talk about intensity this week, and we're going to talk about increasing workout intensity. But first, I want to define what intensity means. And in my world, in my definitions, it is an absolute intensity. So with strength training, you can go and do 50 push-ups, but in my definition, that is not intense even if your heart rate is up, because that you know if you can do something 50 times, it's not intense in my definition. So intensity for strength training, if you want to increase the intensity of the workout, we want to increase the weight and decrease the number of reps per set. So here's a nice little rule. If you want to increase intensity, you're going to decrease your reps by two, so go from 10 reps to eight reps per set, and increase the weight by 5%, so go from 100 to 105 pounds. Now that's a nice conservative way of increasing your intensity and you can do that in your next workout to make things a little bit harder but a lot of people you know what they think of intensity is increasing heart rate and talk about in a second but with interval training increase intensity would mean increasing the speed or increasing the incline so that again both of those are absolute intensity levels with kettlebell training you would have to increase the size of the kettlebell it would have to be a heavier kettlebell for the same exercise. And with jump training, you can do vertical jumps or you can do depth jumps where you drop 6 to 12 inches and then jump, and that increases your jump training. So again, that's what I consider as intensity, increasing the resistance you work against. Most people think intensity is an increase in you know, elevated heart rate for a long time. Like a lot of people would say, oh, running a marathon, that's intense. But again, it's not really intense in my definition because you're doing something continuously for a very long time. So intensity is not what most people think it is. And in fact, using less recovery time in your workout where some people say, oh yeah, I do these circuits with absolutely no rest between exercises, that actually reduces the intensity of the resistance you use. So in my opinion, you're reducing the intensity of the workout, even though in a lot of people's opinion, because it's increasing the time that your heart rate is elevated, they believe it's increasing the intensity of the workout. So it's a matter of definition, but, you know, just to make people happy about the latter definition, about other people's definition, we're going to talk about that later on, showing you a tip to increasing the heart rate intensity of your workout. All right, now into Tuesday, we're going to take a look at our week's research review. And it comes from the journal Obesity, and it's called The Effect of Electronic Self-Monitoring on weight loss and dietary intake, a randomized behavioral weight loss trial. 
So researchers from the University of Pittsburgh studied 210 overweight adults. They were very overweight. They were actually obese, BMI of 34. And they're put into one of three groups, and there's about 70 people in each group. So one group did paper diary recording. The other one did had a personal a PDA, whatever that I can't remember what the acronym is for, but it had self-monitoring software. So it might be some type of app that they downloaded that allowed them to record their nutrition, while the other people just recorded their nutrition on paper. And then there was a third group that had the PDA with self-monitoring software with that app. And then they also received daily feedback messages. So group one had paper, group two had the PDA, and group three had the group three had the PDA plus the daily feedback messages. So 91% of the people finished the program. Very impressive. And everyone lost a significant amount of weight. Also very impressive. But the PDA plus face, uh, feedback group, so the ones that had the electronic PDA where they put in information and then they received feedback on that on a daily basis, they achieved greater weight loss than the group that had the paper diary only. And the weight loss, or the, sorry, in both the PDA groups combined, the waist circumference dropped more compared to the paper diary. So having this electronic way of recording nutrition was better than just recording it on paper. Maybe it's because it was accessible to them all the time. I'm not sure. But they also found that both of the PDA groups consumed fewer calories. So it might just be that, you know, entering that information into a PDA is going to give you greater motivation to stay with your diet. And especially if you have some feedback, you're going to get even greater results. So the bottom line here is you might want to try electronic applications that you can download to help you monitor your diet. It could be better than the traditional paper food journal diaries, which have already been shown to be effective, more effective than not doing anything at all. So I know there's some great apps out there for the iPhone and maybe for the other uh, smartphones that are out there. You know, there's Calorie King and um, Body Bug is another one and maybe Fit Day. I'm not sure if they have a Facebook app, but all those things out there can help you out and you can use them on your phone. All right, so let's get into the Wednesday workout tip. We're going to talk about increasing intensity in terms of increasing your heart rate during your resistance training workout. Now, I don't believe that this actually helps you get more fat loss. I don't think heart rate dictates your fat loss, but, you know, this is a way to help some people who are addicted to that type of training feel like they had an even better workout. So I don't use this a lot. It's almost a little bit of trickery, but it does elevate your heart rate and makes the rest of the workout feel harder. So here's what you're going to do. You're just going to do a couple of intervals, not a full interval workout, but a few intervals before your resistance training workout. So maybe two or three intervals. It gets your heart rate up very high. It gets you sweating quite a bit. And then you go into your resistance training, and you should be able to use almost the same amount of weight because we don't want to have a a big drop-off because that's going to reduce our absolute intensity too much. Now, alternatively, You can slip in some of those adrenaline-style sprints, you know, the eight-second interval sprints, maybe even with the um, shuttle-type sprints, and incorporate those into the last exercise of a tri-set or last exercise of a circuit, as I did in the TT Adrenaline program from February 2010. So you'll do maybe, you know, say, for example, a push-up, then a pull-up, and then into a short sprint, and that will increase the heart rate intensity of the workout and give you a different way of training compared to the traditional turbulence training supersets. All right, into Trainer Thursday, so Turbulence Trainer Thursday, we're going to talk about some personal trainer tips here. And my friend Alan Cosgrove alerted me to this study that might be of interest to you as both a 
person exercising for fat loss, but also for personal trainers out there who want to help their clients get more results. And the study is called Supervised Exercise Versus Non-Supervised Exercise for Reducing Weight in Obese Adults. And it's from the Journal of Sports Medicine and Physical Fitness, 2009. And they had two groups. One group met a trainer twice a week for four months and trained with other people. So it was group training while another group received basic advice to increase physical activity and they had access to a fully equipped gym, but anything they did was unsupervised. Now, the group with the supervision lost over 13 pounds, and the advice-only group lost only 3.7 pounds in four months. So 13.4 pounds is not, you know, world record-setting, but it is fantastic for a research study. And, side note, there was no dietary advice given. It was just exercise training. So that's actually very impressive. Now, Alan says this isn't a new finding, nor is it surprising that a good coach or trainer can help with your results, but he really wanted to point out that the group that exercised together probably got more results than if it was just one-on-one personal training. Alan's a real big believer in what's called semi-private training for trainers to train three or four people at a time because that social support increases results, and this will also work for boot camps But Alan's really big on the semi-private training because the trainer can also give better, closer personal attention. So it's kind of like a hybrid of one-on-one training and boot camp training, but groups of three or four is what Alan recommends. And uh, he also wanted to mention that there was another study that came out a few years ago that showed that a participant would exercise 30% harder with someone watching them. So even if it wasn't anyone, you know, training them, but just someone being there and watching them, a person gave 30% extra effort. So Alan finishes saying, you can imagine how that would translate into greater results, especially when added with a good program and great coaching, great social support, great instruction. And as he mentioned before, there was no nutrition. So add that into the equation, and you're really going to see why you should be uh, training with other people if you're training for yourself for fat loss, or if you're a trainer, why you want to have more than one person in their training at a time. I mean, some people are going to say, you know, I'd rather train by myself, but if they're really there for results, they're going to get more results training with a small group or even a boot camp at a number of people. All right, into Facebook Friday. This is where we answer one of our Facebook questions. And just today I was asked from a young guy named Brendan, hey, just wondering what the best oblique exercise to do is to get great oblique abs like yourself. And, you know, he's referring to the, the picture I posted myself all over of me in my parents' backyard with the kettlebell and the dog beside me and shows, you know, I'm lean, abs, obliques. And really that, that comes down to basically heavy lifting over years, building muscle, and, and also having low body fat. So it's, you know, nutrition, resistance training, and a little bit of interval training, but not necessarily the ab training. I don't do a lot of ab training. I do what's called stability ab training you know, planks and side planks and all that type of stuff. And they're helpful for, you know, building and carving out your obliques, but they're not the number one thing. That said, I do have an article at ttfatloss.com forward slash abdominal dash exercises forward slash five dash best. I know it's a long URL there. You can just go ttfatloss.com and search the five best oblique abdominal exercises and you'll find that uh, article, which I've talked about many other times. Um, or you can just go and Google that as well. And so there, there's five exercises that, you know, are kind of like the icing on the cake. But really what it comes down to, uh, in the follow-up question, Brennan asked, you know, should I then, you know, just get my body fat 
down as little as possible, then you use your muscle building program and those five exercises. And I wanted to add to them, you know, definitely you want to do the resistance training, interval training, and diet to get lean and to have muscle. You have to have muscle. I mean, one thing to have low body fat, but if you don't have any muscle at all, it's going to be a hard time to really see your abs. So you want to have muscle. So that's why you have to do resistance training. But as for your second question there, uh, it all depends on where he is right now. He never told me about his height, his weight, his age, or his body fat. So I need to find that out before I can, you know, kind of focus him in. Maybe if he has a lot of muscle, then we really want to focus on interval training and diet. But, you know, those three things, so the resistance, the intervals, and the diet is what's going to give him the results. And then I just wanted to add to him, you know, guys like myself and John Romanello, we don't do a lot of ab exercises, but we have some very impressive ab photos. And so, again, it really comes down to not the ab exercises, but the complete total body training and the diet. All right, into Social Sports Saturday, I want to share with you a little bit more about uh, Richard Branson's mother. So the Branson event was wonderful. There was some uh, famous people there, some singers. I don't know them very well, but a, a girl named Colby Colette, I think her name was. She sings a very popular uh, little love song thing on the radio. There was a rapper named Common, who I'm not really big into the rap game, into hip-hop, but uh, my friends really knew who he was, and he was actually great. And It was really impressive how... He actually created some lyrics just for the event, and I thought that was very professional of him. On the other hand, there was the Mac guy. So you know the Mac versus PC commercials. He was there. The guy's name is Justin Long. And he really didn't do a super professional job of giving his speech. Um, I'm assuming he was paid some money to do that, but he didn't really do a professional job, whereas Common was the ultimate professional. As was a gentleman named Robin Thicke, who I believe is Alan Thicke's son, and is an incredible R&B singer, and he belted out three songs which were amazing. I mean, in this day and age of lip-syncing, he did an amazing, amazing job. Uh, very impressed by his professionalism. And Jennifer Love Hewitt was there, so I remember her from way back in the day on TV, Party of Five, and then all the stuff she's done since. Uh, I think she was there for like, she was on stage for about two minutes and didn't really do anything other than to introduce either, uh, she introduced Richard, and then someone else came on and introduced Richard's mom, and she stole the show. So she's feisty and hilarious, and you can imagine she's not very, you know, she's getting on in years, because Richard's getting on in years, but, you know, she was there, and uh, wonderful, and she was dedicated to helping these young women in Morocco, and, you know, we donated a little bit money of money to uh, to her charity to help build wells and and then we were help. Uh, they were they were raising money to you know give equipment to these girls so they could do knitting and start selling their their wares and it was quite nice. And one thing that um, I, I truly believe is that having a legacy and a mission and stuff like that is critical to happiness and pr- productivity. And you know, for a woman of her age, you know, she's got high energy because she's so committed and involved in stuff. And I believe that having this mission will extend your life and keep you healthy. And, and even my father, when he was around um, during, you know, the last couple of years when he was sick, he, he was always busy. He had this mission of going and he, he loved to buy and sell used uh, cars and trucks and that sort of thing. And I really believe that just him being so involved and interested and dedicated to that on a daily basis, you know, he had to go out and drive 20 miles to go look at a, a truck or something, that without that, you know, there's there's no hope, and people kind of give up a little bit faster. But because he had that, he, I believe, you know, he probably extended his lifespan three, six, nine, maybe even 12 months. And, uh, 
I was reminded of that by how passionate Richard Branson's mother was. And I also posted a little quote on my Facebook page earlier this week that uh, I don't know where I came up with this, but um, I said, for the best life, find people you like to be around, choose a form of work you truly enjoy doing rather than dreading, and have as much fun as possible while creating a lasting legacy. And I posted that, got a lot of great feedback. And I just realized where I got it from is from one of my Kekich credo readings. So, uh, oh, one other thing I should mention is that this guy, Dave Kekich, who uh, I talk about quite a bit, his 100 Kekich credos you can find on the Internet. He was at Bill Phillips' house on the weekend. <clears throat> and uh, he's friends with Bill. And, and this Dave Kekich guy is a very interesting guy. He has this book called Life Extension Express. And we'll talk about that next week. And uh, Dave has an interesting story in that when he was – very young. It was 1978. He was doing a workout, and something happened. I don't know if it was a, uh, if he was doing leg press or something, but he ended up going into a workout and coming out as a paraplegic, uh, believe it or not. So he's been in a wheelchair for 30-plus years now, uh, but he's dedicated his life to life extension. So he's got an interesting book. We'll talk about some of his uh, nutrition recommendations next week. Uh, he was at Bill's house, and again, I read one of his Kekich credos every day, so I highly recommend that you find those. And speaking of reading, I want to share with you five of the business books that have influenced me this year, and next week we're going to talk about five more. But the first one is called How to Read Faster in Ten Days by uh, the author's last name is Beal. That was very helpful. I really believe I've increased my reading speed by 20 to 30%. Um, I read a classic by Jim Collins called Good to Great. I found it very helpful, and I also find that it you know, it's helping me organize my mission of helping a million people transform their bodies. And then I read a book called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish, which is probably the best business book I've ever read. It really helps you organize your daily meetings and weekly meetings and goals and visions and all that type of stuff. And, it, and I've read it, read it twice. I'll probably read it two more times next year. It's very, very powerful. Um, a guy named Seth Godin writes a lot of decent books. They're very short. They could be shorter. Uh, but he wrote a, a probably one of his best called Lynchpin, and I recommend that book. And then a book called Work the System by a gentleman named Sam Carpenter who shows you, if you have a business, how to set up systems so that you're not putting out fires and you can actually get stuff done and maybe even work less. So I found that book to be quite excellent. All right, so that's it for the books. We're going to move into Sunday Plan Shop and Prepare Day. And, you know, we want to go out to the grocery store, get all our food, get ready, and I want to share with you some research that's going to help people like me and Bill Phillips. Um, I mentioned this a little bit before, but uh, this research is from the book called 59 Seconds. Well, it's summarized in the book 59 Seconds. Uh, the first study I want to talk about was from the International Journal of Obesity. And this guy, Brian Wansink, has published quite a few studies on why we eat so much. And so his first study is called, uh, summarized as out of sight, out of mind. And he found that if you want to decrease your intake of candy and junk food, that it's best to place the food out of sight and in difficult to access areas. So oblique containers, that means you can't see through them. Um, you know, some place where, you know, you have to climb a ladder to get to the junk food. Um, you know, that may work. It, it doesn't always work for me. I know at Christmas time, it's coming up. I'm going to go home to my mom's house. She's going to have, I mean, she must start baking in, in March for all the stuff that she has around the house. And I know I'm going to eat stuff even though she keeps it in this cold room that uh, is at the other end of, of the giant farmhouse that she lives in. 
I'll get up and go and get more, even though I just finished some. So it doesn't always work, but that is the suggestion from that one study. In another one of his studies, he found that we will eat until we are finished. And by that, he means we eat until everything's gone from our bowl or our plates or our candy jars. So if you're going to have stuff in the house, make sure it's not a lot of stuff. Now, in this study from the Obesity Research Journal, he, he had this unique little contraption set up so that he had these soup bowls set up on a table that were filled from underneath. So even if you were eating from the soup bowl, it never completely emptied. And so people came in and they started eating from these soup bowls. And when it was refilled like that, they ate 75% more soup. And even more disappointing, they didn't report being any more full after eating almost twice as much soup. So whatever you take, you're going to eat. That's the same as if it's in the house, you're going to eat it. So you got to think about that when you go to restaurants and you go to buffets or you go to Super Bowl parties and you take a whole bunch of stuff and put it on your plate, chances are you're going to eat it. So you have to be aware of that. And finally, the third study that this uh, gentleman reported on was in the British uh, Medical Journal. And in this study, they found that if you stick to tall, narrow glasses, you'll drink less. So if you're drinking alcohol or if you're drinking juice, drinking Gatorade and you want to drink less of it for whatever reason, um, you know, you should just avoid the stuff in the first place. But if you want to drink less, put it in a tall, narrow glass. So very interesting little little tips there to help you eat less and control your calories. You can also combine that with your PDA or iPhone app and you'll really get some results and train in a group. And we've got some really uh, powerful fat loss tips for you here this week. So thanks, everyone, for being on the call. Next week, I'm going to come back and hit you with my current workout, which is a pretty cool workout. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Even though I'm traveling around, I'm still being able to make the workouts. Had a great one today. In the research review, we're going to talk about what you can accomplish with just two weeks of interval training. And this was actually done in overweight subjects. So if you're fitter, you'll also be able to get the, the same results or, or maybe even better. Uh, with personal trainers, we're going to get more wisdom from Alan. And then in the nutrition, we're going to talk about eating for life extension with Dave Kekich. And then in the books, I'm going to give you five more business-boosting books that I read this year. So I've, I've up about 63 books now. I'll probably get uh, up, maybe I'll hit 75 before the end of the year if I read a lot over the holidays. But that's it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for being on the call. It was a lot of great stuff there that you can institute immediately into your life to start losing more fat. This is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com. Wishing you a great seven days of fat burning. Bye-bye, everyone.